Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Gimmick Crew podcast. In this episode and this week, we're going to talk about the brief history, like a brief history of all video games, what our perspective has been on it, what are like the video games that have shaped our life, and pretty much we're going to get all of it. Mm, well, first of all, how are you, Angels? I am very good, Wolfie. How are you? I'm very tired. I still don't know why we always wait like at night to record the podcast, but <laughs> because we're, um, not, we're night owls. I'm not a night owl. I just I'm very dumb. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start. Like the first video game, it actually has like a very interesting story because it was made in a lab for scientists, and it wasn't meant to be like something. It wasn't meant to be like commercial or like have any sort of success. Like the company that made it, Oxo, like it's a company that designs electrodomestics, and they created like a very robotic ver version of tic tac toe. Really? Uh, yes. It was in 1958 when William Heitbondam. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce weird, <laughs> uh, weird like last names, but created like. <laughs> Uh, a quote-unquote console called Tennis for Two, which was an analog computer connected to... And, you know, basically everyone who wanted to go to the Brookhaven National Laboratory in Uptown, New York, could, like, start playing that. Could play, like, a first game of tic-tac-toe. And it was... I mean, it, it doesn't look like nothing at all like the games that we have right now. I, I always thought the first game was so long. Well, when I researched, like, Pong is one of, like, the first games that I think that were, was actually intended to be a game. But, okay, let me... I mean, I think Pong came after it, so it doesn't have, like, its space. Or at least in the articles that I read, I thought that this was way more interesting than, like, the classical story of Pong. And then in 1967, uh, de developers of Sanders Associates, Inc., Uh, invented a prototype multiplayer multi-program video game called The Brown Box, which was kind of like the first actual console. Um, it was kind of like the dad of all video games, but it, it was it was still a very primitive console. And then uh, Odyssey came out, which had like way more success, and you know one of these Odyssey's games was a huge inspiration for Atari, which is like the first company that we actually know about to create Pong, and which was like the first arcade game that the company released in 1972. And in 1975, Atari released the home version of Pong, which was as successful as its arcade counterpart. Like, people liked it almost as much as going to the arcade and playing Pong, which is very interesting because we When I researched like this part of the video, like I forgot all about arcades. Like I, ha I haven't gone to an arcade since I was like 12 or like 10 years old. It's been a Have you gone to like an arcade? Uh, I think the last time I went to an arcade was, I don't know, maybe like five years ago in the bowling uh, center. Um, I think I was with my dad, and we—I think we played the uh, Street Fighter or Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, right there, an arcade version they—they uh, they made for a machine. Yeah, that's the last time I—I I think I played in, in in an arcade. Yes, but I think that from people from the Gen Z, like arcades weren't that much of a thing. Like it's not that there weren't—they weren't fun. Like it was—it was fun. It's just a hmm. It's interesting to think about because it's, for example, like the arcade that was like near my home when I was growing up, actually had to close down because like people weren't going to it. And you know, like when I went, it was very fun, but like they weren't making as much money to keep it afloat. So yes, yeah, it would be interesting to see like why is it no longer like a good model of business because. It's very fun, pretty much everyone has gone to one, but maybe people aren't going out as much or people don't no longer have any friends to go with. But I, I, I don't know. the same reason why arcades died or are dying, it's, it's the same reason why uh, people don't, or why uh, 
movie theaters are shutting down. Um, because a lot of people just have easy access to them nowadays. Uh, probably, probably that's the reason now. Consoles are now made for home or even they're portable and um, the same thing goes with uh, with media consumption. It's portable or you can watch it at home. You don't have to go to a specific place to uh, get entertainment from it. So yeah, I, I but, think that's a reason but, but there are exceptions to that rule. For example, did you know that um, traditional like paper books keep outselling by way too much like ebooks like even if it's more convenient to read on your phone like the experience of reading a book or like just wanting to read like it hasn't been like emulated as much yet. like it's not as enjoyable as doing it with a real book so there are definitely like exceptions to, to do it but for example, like if you go to an arcade, you have to bring money, you have to uh, wait for other people's turn. There's only like a limited amount of games, but at your home, you can play pretty much anything. And, and the controls are pretty much like if you want to have like a GameCube controller, you just have to buy it or like your keys are fine. But yeah, it's like there are exceptions to the rule. Like, some people like going to the movies, like not all movie theaters are going out of business. And not all of them. Okay. But yeah, uh, mainly it's because of home consumption. But yeah, as you said, there are exceptions to the rule, so yeah. Okay, now moving on to the next part, I just thought that um, giving the arcades a special place in the history of video games wasn't necessary. In the late 1970s and the early 1980s, the video game industry had like a first actual like blow up and like. Okay, I'm just gonna. Uh, list like the couple of things that came out that year so that still have like a great impact on culture a Space Invader was like a game that was released in 1978 Activision launched its first like third party game uh, in 1977 and the introduction of United States of Japan Japan's hugely popular Pac-Man Nintendo's creation of Donkey Kong, who introduced like it was like the first appearance of Mario, where Mario was actually like the bad guy. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, Jumpman Microsoft Mario. release of its first fight simulator game, which would be like the antecessor of Street Fighting and like <laughs> Street Fighting and Street Fighter. Uh, didn't Capcom create Street Fighter? Yes, but it was like before that um, that release. Apparently, like Microsoft released a fighting simulation. Like it wasn't like the same. Like it wasn't as successful as Capcom's uh, Street Fighter, but it was like the inspiration. Okay. But yeah, I mean, actually, like it's interesting because it's only been like I think that okay, we're on like 2021. It's been like 30, 30 years. Yeah, around. 40 years since video games really took uh, took off in the industry and me in the main mainstream uh, and they were well, at the time they were uh, pretty fun they were just entertainment but now you can make a lot of things out of video games they're just not entertainment now they're something else and they still have like a great I'm sorry a great place in her Popular or, cultural? Yeah, in the culture. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. Space Invaders, like you can see like the little <laughs> the little shits flying around, like and you can just see that and see, oh yeah, the Space Invaders. Like you can never have a you may never have a like an Atari console, but you know like it comes from. But not like old stories are like always like on the honeymoon phase. And then we move on to the video game crash. Or crash. So, do you do you remember the story of the ET video game? Oh yeah, I remember they created an ET video game, and uh, from the stories I've heard, it, 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 they said it was really bad. Yeah, it's often considered like the worst video game in history, and I think that's like a good reflection of what was happening like in 1983 or like post like the big video game boom. Like it was like a crash, like what was happening then can be all resumed and basically, okay, um, the couple of years that were like around the 80s or early 90s 
led to the bankruptcy of several home computer and video game companies. Like that's why, for example, nobody has an Atari or like nobody has like any of these old old consoles that despite they were so successful that we still know about them today. But like they just weren't bringing enough money. Like there's probably like, it would be interesting to look at like what were like the specifics, why people stopped buying. But it was maybe like that the quality wasn't good enough and like people just weren't interested. There was maybe because um, there was a lot of offer but not enough demand. And that's why they stopped producing them. Maybe that's why. Yes, maybe like Atari gained fame like after because like it was like people remember that when they played. So like not everything is completely ruined because uh, the video game in industry recovered in 1985 when um, <laughs> a certain company, Nintendo Entertainment System, called Finecom in Japan, came to the United States and you know they created the, the NES which was a Nintendo Entertainment Nintendo System Entertainment System or as you know it in Japan the Famicom oh yeah I read that wrong see the, yes the, the Famicom the so the NES basically had like improved 8-bit graphics color sound gameplay uh, and it was like an overall great improvement to like all of the predecessors and, you know, this history of Nintendo is actually quite interesting because they were first uh, playing card manufacturer, like, I don't know, um, Magic the Gathering or some or things like that. That actually explains a bit um, why, why they have AR cards for the... Well, when they used to do the AR cards for the Nintendo 3DS, that actually explains it. You know, through this uh, new and improved console that we've, like, it would sort of, it would sort of say, uh, save video games because God knows what would have happened if NES wouldn't come around like been a huge success like maybe people wouldn't be playing games now yeah. but you know they have like such bangers like Super Mario Bros, The Legend of Zelda, Metroid and you know they also they also improved in a lot of regulations of third parties and you know for um, third parties is basically like the companies that would want to make games for like the console but they weren't like affiliated with Nintendo so you know this sort of like regulations made, made it better for like it, they wouldn't just accept any crap that they threw at them you know like they would have to have a certain standard to get into the NES console and you know that's how Mega Man Castlevania, yeah, Castlevania. Final Fantasy oh, yes. Enix Dragon Quest and, and you know, like these games Gear. managed to. And, you know, like this. Nintendo not only like their console, but like their perspective as a company, I think that changed a lot. I mean, they're not always perfect, for example. You know, we had the Smash controversy uh, yeah. recently, but or like it's undeniable. It's undeniable, yeah, like the amount of impact they've had in like gaming and like culture in general yeah so we're moving on moving on from that we get into the spicy things oh yeah and you know this was uh, the first console that i ever saw on the internet um but we get into the first console wars which okay. right now is pretty much like it's basically all gaming console wars like switch um ps4 well now it's PS5 and Xbox Series. The Xbox Series. Because X and S are different consoles, but they're kind of the same, so... But let's just call them the Xbox Series. We all know that, that Wii is the best console of all time, so... Yeah, we, okay, we know that. But before we knew that, there was like a first, like, a big first war between war. people. So Sega released the 16-bit Genesis in North America. And it was like a successor to like the Sega Master System, which wasn't a huge success. Like it was like, for example, NES, you recognize that name. You recognize that name, but Sega Master System, like it doesn't like, what yeah, is that? It, it mainly because it didn't have uh, huge titles. Like for example, uh, for the NES or NES, whatever you want to call it, uh, they had Super Mario, they had Super Mario 2, Super Mario 3, they had uh, Metroid, they had... Uh, 
Zelda 1, Zelda 2, they had a Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, uh, Castlevania 3, they had Mega Man from 1 to 6, from 1 to 6 uh, and a lot of great titles, and for the Master System, I think the most recognizable one was just Alex Kidd, and that's it. You know, this is something that quite like surprised me when I first read it. That is that uh, Sega actually had like a superiority to NES. Like it was clever mar marketing. It was the release of Sonic the Hedgehog, and you know it made a sig significant headway against like the older rival, which was NES. And it was like overall a more powerful. So like, and blast processing. Um, yes, yeah, so, so like when it first started, like NES was popping off on like really like baiting Nintendo's ass. But then like Nintendo like didn't stay with cross downs and they were like, okay, we're and they released like a NES console in America that was like super NES console, like super yeah, NES console the, in America. The SNES or SNES or, or whatever. Uh, and that actually hit hard. It's like you got an 8-bit console, which is the NES, then you get, and there was also the Master System. But then Sega was like, no, 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 how about we make 16-bit? And that's where Sonic came from. And then Nintendo was like, oh, you want to play like that? Here, SNES. How about it? Yes, <laughs> it's crazy to think that console wars have been going on for like 30 years. Yeah. And but there are, there are less aggressive or passive aggressive than those days. Like before, they have they had commercials where they presented both consoles at the same in the same commercial, and they just uh, literally uh, uh, show uh, buyers buying uh, the competition's consoles to literally crap on them. <laughs> it was kind of kind of. Funny to see at the time, but also kind of well, not worrying, but also I, I would say exciting, but also kind of sketchy at the same time. But it's marketing; it was marketing at the time, so it was clear competition was there. Yes, but really, they they don't need to do that. Like right now, they don't they don't need to do that yeah. because, for example, like they just need to release it kind of like at the same time and like. Whenever someone has an exclusive, like not even mentioning them, but oh yeah, we have a lot of exclusives, and you know people like the fan base of each console like do the work for them. And they start, like they are the ones who are starting to debate. Yeah, I still remember. I have a very like traumatizing memory of primary school when I was just like, oh yeah, I have a PS4, and you know there was like this typical like quote unquote like the smart kid. He came up to me and he was like, "Oh yeah, but did you know the DX was cast? Like, uh, I'm a rap And I was, I didn't understand anything he said, but I was still like, "Okay, I guess that I'm, I'm done for buying PS4. I'm sorry, I, master." I, I guess I, I, I shouldn't have bought a PS4, but you know what? You've got Spider-Man, so that's, so that counts. I mean, Spider-Man came like a lot after like a long time. Like, if I ever see him again, I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah." You don't have Spider-Man. <laughs> you know okay, but what? <laughs> what I wanted to say is, uh, no, let, let, let me finish my idea, then I'll let you yeah. talk. Sorry. Um, that you know, um, it doesn't matter like if they good or get good or bad publicity from all the people are like arguing, like they benefit because it's people talking about them at the end of the day. Free promotion, free marketing, yay! So, now then we segue into like the modern age of gaming. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna skip a bit. Okay, so in 2005 and 2006, we all know like the Microsoft 360 and Sony's PlayStation 3, like and Nintendo's Wii, uh, like they kicked off like the modern age and they had like the first high definition gaming of all time. And you know, like the PlayStation 3, the only system that it became like the first system to ever play Blu-rays. Oh yeah. And it was like su successful. I remember that. It was actually pretty cool. Although I think the Wii, it could play a uh, high-quality uh, video, but 
for some odd reason uh, it didn't it it didn't use HDMI. It it's it still used other um, cables for uh, video uh, input or output. Yeah. Now I'm gonna make you a question. Yeah. To like, who do you think won this con console world? Console wars. Like, who do you think was like the uh, the one who sold the most? If I'm being honest, I'm not really sure. But but for the, I think honestly, I think it's Sony. Why? Because a lot of people are just talking about more about the PlayStation Five, and people are announcing, "Hey, I'm gonna get a PlayStation Five because." Okay, no, no, but not that console war, like the oh. PS3, Xbox 360. Oh, okay, and... that one. oh okay, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still haven't got them there. <laughs> okay, okay. So a bit of a, a spoiler. Oh, for that console war, jeez. It's hard to say because, I mean, Nintendo got a lot of flack for the motion controls, and uh, the Xbox 360 and PS3 uh, were kind of competing against each other, uh, and PlayStation had a lot of exclusives, uh, have uh, uh, backwards comp uh, com compatible. Oh, what did, what did it? Backwards compatibility, and also so so did the Xbox uh, the Xbox 360. So I don't know. I think it was really a close match. But just answer. Who do you think won? I, I don't know. For me, it's a tie. It's a tie, honestly, between um, Microsoft and, and Sony. Nintendo. Just get to get ready to get your mind blown. All right. The Wii was actually the one who sold the most copies in all in all the world. Really? Nice. Yes, despite it being like technologically like inferior, like it's motion, like it, it brings something new to gaming and it was so unique. Like for example, everyone had either like a PS4, no, a PS3 yes. or a PS, or a PS3 or an Xbox 360. But yeah. like everyone had an, everyone that I knew had a Wii. And it was like such a more like a family game and it was That's true. like, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it either, like, but they actually won the console wars. Although, I, sad, sad story time, I did play the Wii alone a lot of time. I played the Wii alone a lot of the time, yeah. Yikes. I mean, Sucks it wasn't... Game. Yeah, but I mean, it's quote-unquote family, because, like, for example, more people are gonna buy, like, Wii Sports. Well, more parents, and especially that time where there were a lot of people who were like completely sold on the idea of violent video games. Oh yeah. So for their for their little for their little kids, they would buy like Wii Sports instead of uh, Modern Warfare uh, 3 and GTA like and such. Well, that actually explains. Oh, yes. That also explains why Microsoft also wanted to uh, use mo motion controls. Also, Sony uh, later down the road. That's why they saw Nintendo sell a lot, and they then Microsoft uh, developed the Kinect, which sucked. And I think they didn't get why the Wii was successful. Yeah, like they tried to copy something, but they Actually just couldn't do it. I think I have it stored away somewhere. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll 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 open it back up and just uh, <laughs> suffer in agony playing some games. Playing Sonic Free Riders and Michael Jackson the Ultimate Experience. <laughs> Michael Jackson the Ultimate Experience. That's, no man. That's an actual Eminem game. Eminem car racing for the Wii is the best video game of all time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Are you saying Mud? Are you saying Chavo Kart is not on the list? It's a close. It's close. It's close second. Close second. Close second. <laughs> okay now. How like for example, if you imagine you have children and then those children have children and you know, how would you like describe them like the modern age of gaming like right like right now? Yikes! Uh, it really depends because let's see. I would say it depends because I don't know how it's gonna be in the future. 
I don't know how different it's gonna be the, the next the, the generation down the road uh, from the current one or even the last the, the last one so yeah I don't know if we're gonna get directly into uh, virtual gaming into maybe some kind of magic voodoo uh, crap or something <laughs> So I don't know. I, mean, I, I would mm -hmm. describe them. Oh, you you held the controller, and you will play the game. You you play the game. That's it. And got immersed, and you. It had a, a few hiccups, but you would describe it as pure fun. I would say that. I, I agree I, with I, you. Yeah, I think. Okay, on popular opinion. Well, I don't. I, well, I don't know if it's unpopular, but I think uh, games from the past have a bit more charm and fun to them a, um, a better experience uh, than the current ones uh, whether it be uh, not for the graphics but more of like gameplay I would think I don't know I think some concepts were better implemented in, in that time I know for example we you had games like Skyward Sword you had uh, Mario Galaxy you had uh, Metroid Prime 3 uh, for the Xbox 360, you had more, uh, you had the rise up of more shooters, more uh, uh, open world games, and for PlayStation 3, you had more cinematic stuff, uh, which was very revolutionary. And since developers developers gave it a crack at that time, uh, and they were just experimenting with it and testing it out, I I, I think it it was a bit more fun and a bit more ful fulfilling, in my eyes. Than the current ones we have, and even the from the last generation. You might be getting old. I'm sorry to tell you this. I mean, because I kind of like, unfortunately, I'm also getting old, so I kind of agree with you. <laughs> like, there's just something with it. But I know that, for example, somebody's gonna grow up with Smash Ultimate as like the first Smash, yeah, which. Totally. Um, it also has like a very interesting story, like Smash, it's one of the most popular franchises. And I was kind of like offended at in the articles that I searched, like not even once did I mention it. And I was like, yo, it's one of the, like, if not the best games, the most iconic ones. So I'm going to rant about it for a little while. Oh, actually, actually, let's just, I, let's just finish this topic and then we got, we'll get into the next one. But if I were to describe like the modern age of gaming, to like someone or to like a fucking alien, I would be like, mm, it's hard because I don't think that I'm that connected with gaming. Yeah. Like for example, before quarantine, I didn't really play that many games or uh, it's something that I, was part of my childhood, but like I just kind of stepped away from it. And right now I've actually had like a lot of fun exploring. Like I realized that the games that I enjoy the most are like very artistic ones that have like a lot of story and i'll get into it like mm, when we talk about like our, fav our favorite games which will be like the last section of this podcast oh yeah but for example mm, oh, oh no that's the example that i would use to put like the modern age like yes there is like the ps5 versus xbox one and they're switched like they're doing their own thing and like animal crossing is big i would love to play it but like the switch is i don't have a switch so ooh. um but the the main thing about right now is the fact that there is like a lot of freedom like and not only for people to play whatever game they want like whatever game you have in mind like there's probably like a dating simulator about cats that piss in cups or whatever like there's like a lot of titles to choose from but also you can create your own video games like so easily like there is like the rpg makers so oh, yeah. it's kind of chaotic but i think that it's like good that there's this amount of freedom <laughs> yeah that's that's it what do you think of how people perceive video games like what are like your pers what is your perspective on people saying that oh video games are like it makes people violent or like maybe okay yeah, first let's get into like that topic do you think that video games make people violent um, to some extent it really depends on um uh the person's life's lifestyle if they tell you 
well, aggression is the the answer, and then you uh, get them to play a violent video game, or if they play a violent video game, well, they're gonna get ideas from the game and maybe apply it to real life. I don't know. Uh, but if they live in a more pacific household, uh, where it's like, oh, um, uh, you know, violence is not the answer, you should never punch anybody in the face for just calling you, well, a poo-poo head. <laughs> then no. I don't think that. I I think they're just, they will just perceive it as a game. I mean, yeah, you could, you could get mad at a, uh, um, get mad by playing a game, but never violence. I, I mean, as I said, it really depends on the place where you, where you grow up, where you were raised, by the people you raised. Not so much the video game. It's like saying, oh, would you become a killer for just watching a movie? No. <laughs> I agree and disagree with you. I think that what you say is very important, but I also think that there is like a factor that a lot of people don't take into account. Because we like to believe that we are like, that everyone is in control of their own actions. But if you were born without the capacity of feeling empath empathy towards other people. Like, it doesn't matter where you grow up and, you know, like having a video game or like a story, like before people actually played, played novels uh, for making people violent. And I'm researching for a story that I'm writing that it's about an asylum. And, you know, for my research, I'm actually like investigating how like asylums work and like, Many of the things that were happening in like those times where like asylums were like a big thing before they were just like creepy places that people go hound ghosts. And one of the reasons, like it was like the main reason obviously, but one of the reasons why men incarcerated they want their spouses because they could just leave her there if they just got bored of her was actually novel reading. Because like reading novels before as dumb and like as a, incredible as it may seem was actually seen like the same as playing video games right now and then watching movies was seen like the same like oh no like maybe this movie is gonna be like Chupile and Goodfellas which is like a, one of the greatest movies about um, mafia was also criticized a lot because like it may inspire violence so I think that mm, the room it doesn't inspire violence like if you're not a violent person and if you have empathy for other people like because of how you were raised and your biology like you're not gonna become violent no matter no matter how many times you watch like a violent video game it's like saying that if you watch gay porn you're gonna be gay like out of nowhere yeah, or like, or <laughs> okay like, that was a weird example yeah that was a weird example i was gonna say it's like for example you start to play god of war then you want you, you start to play god of war and then out of where you're like, yeah, I wanna kill C, I wanna kill Zeus. <laughs> I, I wanna, I wanna reclaim my throne as a king of, of the Olympus. It's like, no. Why? But for example, like the kids that have actually gotten inspired by GTA or like a video game to do horrible things. First of all, it's the fault of their parents for like. Yeah. The fact that they could access guns is like, oh yeah, you're gonna blame the video game. Because you weren't doing your job properly, like. you weren't supervising your child and actually and actually well, raising them. Yeah, like what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's your job, whether you like it or not. Or not, you're supposed to well guide them through life and make them better human beings. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but apart from that, I think that watching like people doing violent things it's not like the, the kid wasn't a bad person <laughs> okay now that sounds too rude okay the kid wasn't like an evil person before watching like he already had like a lack of empathy for him to like be able be able to do that with no second thought you know yeah like do it with no like just doing it like it it enabled him but it's not like like ultimately what matters is the fact that he was like probably well i'm not talking about one person but i'm talking about all of them there were probably people that were angry that maybe didn't have like the best childhood or that grew up with some sort of mental disorder who you know like 
their their environment fail them to protect them from themselves or protect other people from them so yeah that's my big rant about it now do you think that video games are can be considered art yeah they can they can con uh, yeah they can be considered art um well first of all we have to define art itself but for me but this is more of a personal take of the of the meaning in art it's more of a expressing yourself through things you like yeah you can be drawing you can be making music and in this case it could, it could be me uh, video games if you like to do the video game and have a vision for it and you succeed at making that vision then yeah it can be called art I agree with you because video games have like story they have illustration and it really depends how much of it I gave this question because of J.R.R. Martin which was the writer of the novels that came to be Game of Thrones and he said that video games weren't art but they were close to being and you know I saw a video about someone who was basically trashing on J.R.R. Martin for saying this oh no video games are already art which I think was kind of rough because most writers that are his age wouldn't even consider saying that video games are art so for him to give him that space especially for someone who didn't grow up with video games i think it's very commendable okay but in my perspective i think that art is something that makes you feel like it's kind of like it doesn't matter if it's gonna last forever or not or if it's famous or not like the only thing that matters that matters for example when you're watching a painting it's like the moment you're watching and it gives you an emotion or it makes you think so through that how like for example video games like journey which uh do you know the video game journey uh yeah i have seen it i have seen it okay you haven't played it but like from watching it i, I can i can tell you from experience like like it's so breathtaking that it's how can that not be, not be considered art like it's visually it's stunning the music fits everything fits so well and it also has like a transcendent meaning even if you don't get it like you enjoy the story like they go without saying like a single word throughout the whole game i believe so yeah we both agree that video games are art yeah so now but it's still art you know it, it, it can be enjoyed that's the point so now um Okay, we were kind of like uh, making this podcast longer than it was planned to be. So let's go into what are your favorite video games? Like the video games that have marked you the most to wrap up this video with a uh, positive note and like um, kind of like showing like the impact that they've had as, as storytelling tools. Like you are more of a hardcore gaming than me, but everyone who's ever played a video game has been influenced by it. So, you right. Know, I told you to take notes. I have I have the list of my video games here, but you were like, nah, nah, nah I'm not gonna nah, take notes. I'm not gonna take notes. <laughs> who who do you think I am? Do you think I'm smart? Do you think I'm prepared? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think I'll divide them into categories. I think the the one that marked me the most was definitely Smash Bros. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I remember this because at first um, my dad had like this pirate console where it had like 128 games inside and it was like a PlayStation ripoff and it had Pac-Man but I wasn't such a big Pac-Man fan but then uh, he traded that console with one of my cousins and he traded for he traded it for a uh, Nintendo 64 which came along with a, with a ton of games a lot of sports games, but mainly the ones I liked were a Nintendo Focus, which were Mario Party uh, 2, um, uh, Mario Kart 64, and Super Smash Bros. And I think the one that invested more, more time was uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. and Mario Kart 64, because I played that a lot with my dad. <laughs> I think the next one... I don't know. I think uh, for platformers... I think it was Sonic. I remember that uh, my dad also in his computer had like 
uh, some ROMs installed and he had uh, some Sega Genesis and he had Sonic there. He had the first game and then from there on I kind of became a fan and kind of just delved into it. But I think my favorite out of the series is actually 3 and Knuckles. Uh, mm, for shooters I'm not such a big fan for them. But I've been late uh, lately I've been playing Titanfall 2 and I just love it to death. I don't know. Very thrilling, very entertaining, and very complex system. I like it. I think those are my top games I would describe. Uh, and I think, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, those are my top games, I would say. Mm, it's very interesting to see, like, how, and this is something that I noticed while I was, like, thinking, because, um, you know, that, you know, when I lived in a certain city, I. It, it was like a rough period period of time so like my memory is pretty much like freaked up from that like basically i can remember from that from now to like living in that city and then like everything else is kind of blurry so i have to make like a lot of effort to remember things from my childhood but you know like seeing all the video games that uh, like were in my house or that i suddenly remember that i were that i played when i was a kid like it transported me to those times and you know, like when you were speaking about it, like you actually, like from the things you're telling me, I can think, oh yeah, that this was like this period of this period of your life, and etc. So it's actually quite. I don't know. I thought that that was kind of interesting, but okay. The first video game that I think kind of like, uh, it made like the pathway from for like video games to be like important for me or like to be a part of my life was actually a game called 180 Avalanche, which was a skate a snowboarding game that I played like crazy. Like, I don't remember anything from the game. I just remember that it was like my crack, like my baby, baby boy crack, because I played it, I played it. Until one day, uh, my parents decided that, oh, you guys are playing too much Avalanche, so we're gonna hide it. And they, oh. and they hit it so well that we never found it. Like we know, it's it's probably still in like my old house, but like it, <laughs> it was like my favorite video game. so much so that then we, well, they bought for me, I the SSX3, which is like a more popular, like skateboarding game. And that game, I also like, I woke up at six a.m. to play it, because like I didn't want to play. Like yes, I, I was super intense about it. And then like the first game that actually had like a large impact. Um, you and I uh, bonded a lot about in Taekwondo because we were together there. Yeah. Right? And the reason why I went into Taekwondo was because I um, I loved and I still love mixed martial arts. And the reason why I liked mixed martial arts was because of a wrestler that, oh yeah, and obviously like there was like a huge uh, a large amount of co coincidences that make that made me not be able to get into like the MMA place I wanted to get in, which was actually quite sur surprising. But even more than that is the fact that the reason why I like MMA was because of a wrestler, uh, WWE wrestler who went into the UFC, and all of the <laughs> and the reason why I knew it is because I liked the WWE because of this game, the, the SmackDown vs Raw 2011. Like, wow, it's like a domino effect so crazy. <laughs> like, we wouldn't even be, be making this podcast if maybe I haven't played that game. If I hadn't played that game. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Okay, then we get into Zelda Ocarina of Time, which I also played. And it, it was like the first game, complex game that I ever played. I was obsessed with The Sims 2. And Sims actually taught me a lot about life. That's how I find out about what sex was. <laughs> like that was my oh, like God. all the sexual education that I need, like and all the life. Now when I play the Sims, I just get too horny and I I, I don't like this. Like it's like this I created this sim. I don't want to feel horny right now. But thanks about it. Just, being just young. make an orgy in the Sims. No, no, dude. I, I it's just this is the game of my infants and I of like my childhood I'm here feeling horny like ugh. so uh, I no longer play the Sims. Who needs and now we get into like 
at school when you were doing I'm, I'm gonna try to I know I'm extending myself a lot but I'm gonna try to do this as brief as possible yeah. Club Penguin shaped my life really? it changed it yeah I remember when it was like all that mattered to me like I would go back dude I was okay um, that was an exaggeration <laughs> it's not like it's the most important thing in my life but mm-hmm. I do want to emphasize that I was like the king of Club Penguin like I never used a single hack and I could afford everything. I was like a master in every single video game. I beat the sensei. Like I was I, I was grinding grinding so hard on Club Penguin. If there was a Club Penguin like MLG competition, I would be there. Like, <laughs> did you manage yeah, but did I, you manage to flip the, the the island, the iceberg. I don't know. I didn't is. know that was possible. The thing about it, Club Penguin, the way I played it, is that I was like for an online game. I think that I was quite antisocial. Like I had a lot of friends, but I never talked to them. So it was. So yeah, I I didn't participate in anything like like that because the iceberg is. It was just like a theory that people had, right? So you know, I, I didn't even know English at that time. So how was I gonna? And now my two favorite games now to wrap this up. Franbo and Journey are like my, my two favorite games. Oh nice. uh, Bow, it, it's I love the art and I love the fact that you can tell a history, a story so complex and like so magical and like it has so many like good elements and it just and you know you can spend hours just like looking through the Easter eggs and trying to find like all the things. But even like if you don't do that, like itself, it's a really good story and it's it, it's just great and I really love it, like that storytelling in Friendbow. In Journey, as I said, it's like the ultimate proof that video games can be like breathtaking, beautiful, and then it also has like great art, like the Journey concept art that I've seen on Pinterest. It's beautiful, like it's kind of like an inspiration to want to be that good tool. Like ever be able to tell stories that are like with that amount of quality and well then those are my favorite video games like I, I do you want to add anything else i honestly thought you were gonna add uh, majora's mask you told me uh, once uh, one time uh, that majora's mask was your, was your favorite game uh, it was one of my favorite games because i like the story but i oh man i should have it just didn't have like as much impact as these games, and I have to confess to you something. Yeah. I didn't play it. I just watched a walkthrough on on YouTube, and I was, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> this happened. This I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of the same because like the things that li- I liked about Majora's Mask was the history, but it it was still technically a lie. It just it was just one of these things that are too long to say. So I was just like, oh yeah, it's my favorite. Game. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, I, I think that I, I think uh, the thing about Majora's Mask that in comparison to those games is, as you said, the story. Um, I think in order to get a fulfilling end in Majora's Mask, you actually have to do all the side quests and get rewarded for it because you have all those character interactions. If not, then the story is very direct and to the point and doesn't have that depth that the, the uh, Frambo and Journey had. I will eventually play Majora's Mask, but I, I don't have any old consoles, so I, I don't know how. Well, I, have a I just know that it's a good game. I have a 3DS with Majora's Mask. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm <going> time. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, with that, with that, I think we should wrap it up because we were supposed to record for like 30 minutes, and now it's 48 and for 54 seconds. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did the intro, so I think you should do like the outro and saying goodbye yeah. to the lovely people that listen to our voices for almost an hour. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, for the people who have made it here, uh, first of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, thanks for watching. Uh, I I I wish you all well. I. And yeah, if you want to see more content, then well, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, we have another channel. We have a uh, gimme crew. If you want to check out some of of, of uh, some of our content there, 
If not, then check out the last uh, the last video, uh, which is another podcast. So yeah, have a nice one. <laughs> this is why you need scripts, dude. I don't need scripts. If I took a if I took a shot for every time you said I and that that outro, I would die from liver cancer. Ah. <laughs> oh, are you still recording? <laughs> uh, no, we're gonna live that. We're gonna leave that in. <laughs>